0: Last month, the Financial Conduct Authority published its Retirement Outcomes Review. While the consultation came arguably without major surprise, headline proposals from the regulator included default investment pathways for drawdown and the sending of wake-up packs to save aged age 50. The absence of a charge cap surprised some. My name is Alex Janio, I'm a reporter at Pensions Exit magazine, and with me to discuss the FCA's proposals, I'm joined by Daniela Silcock, Head of Policy Research at the Pensions Policy Institute, and Nathan Long. Senior Pension Analyst at Hargreaves Lansdowne. Daniela, what do you make of the FCA's review?
1: I feel like this review has brought together lots of information on how this new group of consumers is behaving, people who are now accessing their DC savings flexibly for the first time and is starting to be able to highlight some of the issues that have been brought about by a new target group of people, uh, particularly... Uh, that people who are accessing their savings and going to drawdown now have lower levels of financial capability and are not necessarily able to make the same sorts of decisions that people made before. So people are less likely to use advice, they're more likely to end up taking a drawdown and just going into cash um, and this means there's less consumer pressure for competition, there's less pressure to keep charges low and also um, more uh, impetus on trying to ensure that people are supported to make these decisions with guidance advice or any other kind of support
0: Nathan what were your thoughts on the report
2: yeah I mean I think it's a really interesting uh, report to come out there's there's plenty of data in there as as Daniela flagged I think actually a lot of that information when you scratch the surface there's there's lots of stories which sort of remain uh, untold from from uh, from that report I think the thing that stood out to me which I, I thought was really interesting is the FCA looking to shift how the industry actually communicates with people so the fact that um, providers are likely to have to uh, write to people initially at the age of 50 so giving them a, a really nice long run into their retirement that's 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 very important and also the fact that there's going to be much more simplicity around these so-called wake-up packs so especially this this uh, this communication at the age of 50 That's just going to be a simple one-page document. So everything pushing towards actually giving people a lot more help in terms of engaging with their finances from a a much younger age.
0: I mean, from the conversations that I've had, one of the main areas perhaps of contention was the lack of a charge cap included in the report. And I think the the regulators suggested using a reference point of 0.75%. Daniela, what do you make of this? And should the FCA have introduced a a charge cap for drawdown?
1: I think the regulation is very, very aware of the tension that um, is in relation to charge caps. On the one hand, they want to protect consumers, but on the other hand, they don't want to institute measures which will stifle innovation. So I think what the regulator is basically saying is, all right, industry, some of these charges are too high. We don't want to cap you, so we're going to give you a chance to make these changes. And if you don't, then we will cap you. Because the idea is that if a cap uh, is artificially made that doesn't actually reflect the business that a particular... Um, organization is doing, they might then make cuts which stifle uh, returns or reduce the level of communication. So I think it makes sense that the regulators being cautious with this and doing a sort of wait and see approach.
0: Sure. I mean, Nathan, to what extent might capping drawdown stifle innovation?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it it really could. I think that's that's an important point. I'd sh- I'd share exactly the the same view as Daniela there. But basically. Uh, a charge cap is kind of the nuclear button. That is a last, last resort here. And um, the FCA there—they've sort of mentioned the the fact they'd be a reference point of 0.75, but not actually going as far as the charge cap. They're actually doing a lot more to try and increase competition, make people shop around themselves. So the the building of a, a drawdown calculator, of course, is going to help potentially. Um, looking at whether the the remit of the um, IGCs is extended out towards, uh, including retirement as well as uh, building up pension pots. These are these are important measures to make sure people are making making sensible choices. Uh, I think the problem you've got with the charge cap is that you you kind of push everyone down towards uh, a particular route of investment. So at 0.75, for example, that means most of those strategies are going to be very, uh, passively managed. That's not necessarily a problem, certainly in an accumulation phase, we wouldn't say that that's a, an issue, but retirement's are a lot more complex, a lot more personalised as this report has, has shown. And actually we believe that, especially for delivering income throughout someone's lifetime where that needs to be sustainable, then actually providing a, uh, an income stream really kind of comes down to providing some elements of active management within there. And I think if you push two too many people down the route of passive management, we have the risk that with a passive strategy, people are eating into capital to deliver their returns. And if we get a big stock market correction, that's where potentially you've got people eating into their pot and, and really doing the, the potential to do their, their long-term retirement some, some harm.
0: Daniel, are there any proposals that you might have expected for inclusion uh, by the FCA in this report?
1: I'm, not, I'm definitely not surprised um, at what they have included. In fact, I feel like uh, it's a very measured report. I think they're definitely taking their time and saying we still need to see what people are going to do and we still need to give industry a chance to change where they need to change. Um, I think with all the different sort of consultations and white papers, government is generally quite aware that uh, taking measures, particularly in relation to pensions, needs to take a long time and it usually does. And so they try to consult for quite a long time. And then obviously, you need to go through a period of introducing legislation and and running things by parliament. So I think it makes sense that they haven't necessarily introduced a whole raft of measures. But I think the measures that they have introduced do go quite a long way. In some ways, if you think about it, the wake up pack having to go every five years from age 50 is quite a radical measure. And the drawdown comparator tool is also, I think, a, a really, really big step. In fact, Um, we've been looking recently at how you can compare drawdown and it's actually just impossible at the moment to compare it and there is um, something in the report that says there's around 44 different charges in some drawdown products so it completely makes sense that they're going for transparency and going to try and give members some level of um, understanding and also it seems like they're trying to tackle the most immediate problems one of which they've identified is most unadvised drawdown customers having their pots in cash and that having a pot in cash rather than invested over your lifetime could reduce your annual income by around 13%. So they're looking at transparency and they're looking at perhaps introducing some sort of um, raft of defaults in which people would go into if they didn't want to make a decision and then if they wanted to invest in cash, they'd have to actively make that choice. So I think it makes sense that um, that the regulators really looking at tackling some of the immediate problems while saying, we're going to sit back and consider a bit more before we look at any more of the sort of long-term problems and also give um, industry a chance to respond in terms of innovation.
0: Sure. I mean, Nathan, do you agree with that? Is there anything that the SCA might have included?
2: I think the measures uh, that they're talking about are really quite quite positive. Uh, I think the thing that's really missing from here is that the... Everything that's coming out of this report is looking at individual transactions. And that's understandable because that's the data that we we have available. The, The problem is we've got people coming to retirement with multiple pension pots. So to look at transactions on their own, it kind of completely masks what else might be going on. This whole cash thing, for example, clearly that's not a great outcome, but if you've got half of people going into drawdown that aren't drawing income, basically those people are just carrying on investing. So the fact that they're in cash is is a bad thing, but actually there's no reason why they shouldn't necessarily just be continuing with their uh, their accumulation strategy, their, their their strategy to build up their pension pot, because that's kind of what they're doing. And I think a lot of what we're seeing is, not necessarily people, the decisions people are making aren't really retirement decisions. They're certainly not retirement income decisions. It's kind of decisions that are about decision deferral. So potentially people going into drawdown to take the lump sum and then think about how they'll take an income in due course, the whole the whole sort of small pots and uh, cashment thing, so the fact that all of half of people are taking their their pension as cash and those people tend to be younger, it tends to be smaller pots and most of them have another pension this just smacks to me of uh, people making admin decisions so it's basically saying look, I've got loads of pension pots they're a bit of a pain to to administer I'll just cash one in and get a little bit of money back well actually if we had people having a more holistic look at their their retirements this is where the pension dashboard may well help actually if if people can see their entire finances then they might not be cashing in these small pots they might be more inclined to do to take approaches like buying an annuity to cover base uh, level of income with drawdown on top. So, I think to me it's a good set of measures, but actually we need to look at the overall situation for, for people, not just the individual transactions.
1: I completely agree with that, Nathan, and um, I think it's really important that this report highlighted the issue of people taking tax-free cash and then having to go into drawdown because we see time and time again that people don't think about this. Like you said, it's just an admin move, and that's how we end up with people in situations where they're invested in a way that probably doesn't suit their needs, and they may end up with a lower income in retirement as a result, so looking at perhaps separating those so people can have more active choices and be more thoughtful about how they they access their DC pension savings with the appropriate support is definitely um, a a good path to go down for the future.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think this, I'm really excited about this move to communicating with people at age 50, because I think if you can capture people at that point to start to think about their retirement future, to think about maybe consolidating their pensions on the run into retirement, then that might take away some of these, uh, some of these admin decisions that we're seeing at the moment.
0: Well, uh, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much to my guests. For more on the SCA's Retirement Outcomes Review, please visit pensions-expert.com.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.